0: Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today on our show, we welcome back our friend, Bruce Cryer, founder of Renaissance Human and Reagan Carruthers, founder of the Asset Yoga Center in Washington, Missouri.
1: Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Looking forward to it.
0: So Bruce, you were with us a couple of weeks ago and we said during that show that you were going to come back the following week and we just had some scheduling issues. So we are happy to have you back with us today. And we asked you to come back because you were the former CEO of HeartMath, and you have been using HeartMath with clients for decades. And HeartMath is a tool that I think is so valuable and so much, maybe not a lot of people understand it or know a lot about it. So I was really excited to have you come back and help us learn more about HeartMath. And of course, you said, if I come, I really, really want to bring Reagan Carruthers with me as well. So. I'm very happy to have both of you on our show. Before we get started, I always like to ask our guests to just give us a brief kind of overview of what brought you to where you are today. So what brought you to doing the work that you're doing in the world at this moment? So Bruce, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and get us started.
1: You did say brief, though. That's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. So at this point in, in, in my life, uh, the heart has, has, for the last more than 30 years, been the major focus, my personal practice, as well as professionally, in terms of teaching, coaching, leading workshops, consulting. Um, and that's been a journey. I, as a young man, I was a I was artistic, and I found my heart through singing and dancing and performing in, on stage in New York City. and But I didn't know it was that exactly, but it, it fulfilled me tremendously. I decided to leave that career, went to California in the late 70s and to explore my spiritual development and my own and health from lots of different angles. And little by little, I found myself more and more drawn to the heart. And then I met a man in, at first I met him in 1980, and then we kind of reconnected seven or eight years later, who later would go on to found HeartMath. And I sat with him one evening out in the woods over a campfire. And I said, so what does it feel like to be in the heart? How do I know when I'm in my heart? And he said, it feels like appreciation. And for me, that answer for me was the perfect answer. I'm sure if if it was somebody else, he might have given a slightly different answer. But for me, I could relate to appreciation. I am moved by nature. I'm moved by people. I'm moved by my friend Reagan. I'm moved by music. I'm moved by dance. And so the, I, I know that feeling of appreciation and, and gratitude. And I, I thought, okay, I'll run with that and see wh- where that takes me to the heart. And so a few years later, he started HeartMath Institute. He asked me to be part of the leadership of that later on, as you as you expressed, I did a lot with HeartMath for many, many years. And so today, it's still in me. It's who I am. And it's a joy to get to talk about what the journey has been like for me and to hear from others like Reagan and the hundreds of thousands and millions of people who have been impacted by this idea that. The heart is a source of intelligence. It is wise. It is something to be followed, not something to be shunned. And I look forward to sharing more about that.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And Reagan, I know you have such an interesting story and an interesting background. So I welcome you to share that with our listeners, please.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. So I had the privilege of attending a school from the age of three to eleven where we meditated every day and did Tai Chi and sang songs about how thought creates reality. And we spoke and sang about love. And um, I don't know where I would be without that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really informs everything. And then when I had a dramatic um, spiritual awakening at the age of 27, um, that feeling that just rose up through me, is what the heart math practice helps to sustain. So when, you know, if you've ever had a moment where you feel such deep gratitude and love for just being alive, it's not as if there's a a context for that, right? It's just this innate feeling that I think we all have had moments of. Um, And in learning how to continue to sustain That emotion, right, that emotion of gratitude, Um, not only does that feel really good, um, you think a lot better. And so um, I had a career for a long time as an executive in the education industry, publishing um, educational software. And I was able to sustain, I think, really high performance in a startup environment because of the HeartMath tools. And because of the early education I had. So any opportunity I have now at the Asset Center, um, as a yoga teacher, as a spiritual teacher, as a consultant to executives, um, all of what I just described informs what we do here. And having the opportunity to teach and to help people embody um, basically the efficacy of, of love is is a great um, it was just great fun.
0: Well, and I really want to get into and learn more about what the Asset Center is as well. So um, I think I'm going to ask you to just kind of share with us, what is it that you do at the Asset Yoga Center?
2: Yeah, so um, it is on my property. I have a 10-acre estate here in Missouri wine country, uh, very close to the Missouri River. It's, it's really beautiful here. And on my property, I have a 3,000-square-foot building that I um, renovated for this purpose. And and my intent here is to create community, a, a sense of home. And whether you come to a set to practice yoga, you might be coming to my Ready to Awaken courses that I offer. You may be coming for energy healing from a practitioner uh, that is connected to my center. You may be coming in October for a two-day HeartMath program. <laughs> I was going to say, and
0: <laughs> Bruce will be that, coming to uh, share the HeartMath program.
2: Yeah, that's October seventh and eighth. I'm very excited um, to have him here, and it'll continue to evolve as I as I get more acquainted. I've only been here a year, um, so as I get more acquainted with my community, really understand their needs for personal growth and connection. That'll inform what I offer, um, but right now it's uh, yoga courses that uplift and uh, and heart math. Awesome.
0: So, Bruce, I also want to know from you what is Renaissance human.
1: So, Renaissance human is a term that I coined. I, I don't think I'd heard it before. <laughs> uh, it popped into my head one day because I had gone through a period of about two years of some pretty extreme health issues and personal uh kind of tragedies and uh, loss of my mother my marriage ending um cancer staph infections in my blood double hip replacement all of that in less than two years and wow. it was a sobering time to say the least i obviously got through it all i'm over 13 years cancer free now i'm uh, almost 13 years staph infection free right. and coming up on 12 year anniversary of my first hip replacement <laughs> and uh, three <laughs> months later the second one was done So I I survived all that and not only survived, but thrived. And one of the outcomes was that I I felt an impulse to start to sing again and uh, reached out to a friend of mine who was a brilliant singer, composer, um, performer. And we started performing together and he convinced me that I should try this form of dance called five rhythms. So I started dancing again on two titanium hips and was shocked that my body was able to actually dance again. So all these things, so singing was coming back. It was being reborn. I I discovered I could actually dance, even though I'd had both hips replaced. And so that part of me was getting reborn. And there was a whole creative energy in me that was coming alive for the first time in in decades. And I was now actually being asked to do these things. And and Kaiser Permanente, the huge health system in California, actually it's national, but based in California, invited me to come do a, a keynote talk, which was also a performance. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, people were discovering you're singing again. I didn't even know you ever sang. You're dancing. Again? I didn't know you were a dancer. And I was getting comments like you're having a, you're like a renaissance man, because not only are you a you're on you're the heart math guy that's a teacher and is executive and kind of business. But then there's this a whole other creative side to you. We didn't even know you had. So you're like a renaissance man. So I kept hearing this term renaissance man. And I was thinking of writing a book, and blah blah blah. And I finally, just as I kept pondering, I thought, "Well, what do I really? What do I mean by Renaissance if I use that?" And I thought, as I continued to explore my own journey as a series of rebirths, I began to realize what well, what Renaissance actually means. The literal definition, Renaissance in French, is rebirth, to to be born again. But I d- I didn't mean it in a religious sense. I meant it in the sense that we as humans get to give birth throughout our lifetime, men and women yeah or, or non-gender uh, identifying whatever we are, we get to continue to give birth to new parts of ourselves throughout our life and I went through that very yes. profoundly. I'm singing again at a high level. I'm dancing again. I can't believe I can actually dance, let alone actually do it well. So Renaissance human is the ac- acknowledgement that every human, everyone, whether or not we think of ourselves as creative, has the power in us to be creative. It's designed into who we are to get to give birth over to our life.
0: That's awesome. Well, we have to go into a break right now, but when we come back, we are going to get into what heart math is and learn more about how it can help us in our day-to-day lives. So for people who want to learn more about Bruce and the work he does, visit BruceCrier.com. And that's Bruce C-R-Y-E-R dot to learn more about the Aset Yoga Center, visit AsetYogaCenter.com. And that's A-S-E-T Yoga To read the online version of Natural Awakenings Magazine, visit NaturalTwinCities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on AM950Radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're welcoming into the studio Bruce Cryer, founder of Renaissance Human, and Reagan Carruthers, the founder of the Asset Yoga Center in Washington, Missouri. So, Bruce, I'm going to ask you, as a former CEO of HeartMath, if you can help us, kind of give us an overview of what HeartMath is and how it got started.
1: My pleasure. I always think of HeartMath as three things. Number one, it's a foundation of scientifically proven research, looking at the intelligence of the human heart and how central it is to every aspect of who we are as, as humans. So there's this very solid now 32-year scientific foundation, meaning 32 years of research have gone into it. Over 400 peer-reviewed studies now have been published in journals about heart math, not just by the Institute itself, but by many other institutes as well. So that's number one. Number two is simple, practical, easy to apply techniques that can be used in the middle of stress as you're in the argument, as you're in the meeting that's driving you crazy, as you're about to go into something that is already worrying you. So Mm -hmm. to prevent, to neutralize and to recover from stress, practical techniques that can be learned easily and quickly and practiced simply. It doesn't require a PhD. It doesn't require academic knowledge or in particular affiliation. It's not a spiritual system per se. It can just enhance what your beliefs may be. And then the third aspect that's also very, very valuable and very attractive is some very cool technology. Three different versions that HeartMath has developed over the last 23 or so years. Finally, now the main one is an app that works on any uh, smartphone with a sensor, allowing your phone to become a feedback tool for yourself about your heart. So it's a way you can kind of train yourself using the heart math techniques, which are based on all this research, to learn how to get into a state of flow, for those who can relate to that term, a state of optimal well-being, which we can all you know, aspire to, uh, higher performance, which executives and athletes care about. So it's a way to get into that state with the feedback provided through the app and the sensor that are part of it. So it's research, now more than 30 years, practical, simple, easy to apply techniques, and this cool tech that can be a game changer for people.
0: So, Reagan, you used this when you were in your previous position, when you were working in corporate America. Is that when you were introduced to it as well?
2: Oh, no, no. I began actually working with HeartMath in 1995 at that time, was working with an author named Peggy Jenkins, who wrote the book, The Joyful Child. Mm. And uh, Joseph Chilton Pierce, who was connected to her work, suggested that I go to HeartMath and attend one of their seminars. And I did. And I, I felt like I was home. The techniques you know, really reflected my early education. Mm-hmm. They were very similar to what what I used to do every day as a kid so i became certified as a trainer for heartmath at that time and then was extended an opportunity uh, in 1998 to actually come to the institute work there as an employee and lead retreats and programs mm-hmm. so i did that back in 99 and then uh, returned to corporate america a couple years later uh, needed to do that for for economic reasons So I always, always, you know, even in the context of, you know, being an executive again uh, in in ed tech, I just, any chance I had, I would share, share a tool, you know, you're, you're in a meeting and it's just ineffective and inefficient. Let's, let's, let's pause, right? It's incredibly powerful when a team of people has a common tool set Mm -hmm. that helps them, um, become more uh, clear in their thinking and more connected to themselves and to each other. Um, and sometimes I think if we had the courage, there's many meetings where we should just say, let, let, let's let end this now. <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not getting anything done.
0: Boy, so, I have so been in some stop. of those meetings, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, and we have a sense of it too, right? You, you walk into a meeting and nothing's being said. But you can feel it, and Mm -hmm. you already know it isn't going to go well, right? But we don't tend to have um, interventions, right, that we can call upon uh, that are, you know, based in science, which are incredibly accessible, doesn't take long to teach it, doesn't take long to understand it and learn it. Um, Yeah, so I, I try to share it every chance I get.
0: Awesome. So, Bruce, uh, give us an idea if you can. Like, uh, what do people learn to be able to do in heart math? And I know that's kind of a big broad question, but mm-hmm. just to give people an idea of what what do the tools kind of look like? What is it that they're going to learn if they come into a class?
1: Sure. We're there's a there's a term that has gotten very popular in the last decade or so called self regulation. And sometimes it's referred to as emotional regulation. But the idea with self-regulation is that uh, it's become very, very clear from decades now of research, not just through HeartMath, but many, many other institutions, that people, we we are often our own worst enemy. (laughs) That, (laughs) yes, we are all exposed to levels of stress that are unprecedented in our lives, right? That's what's going on in the world today. That's a given. <laughs> we're all going through a lot of stuff we didn't vote for. We didn't want to have happen, but it's but we're in it. Right. But how we respond is everything. And it isn't like the only option is to re- respond out of fear and feeling like a, like a victim to everything that happens to us. But when people do that, and are in the kind of what's been called the fight flight response a lot, then you, you, we lose perspective and everything looks like a threat. And mm-hmm. we're constantly in this, what's being called a hyper-vigilant state where you're waiting for the next shoe to fall. You know, you're, you're waiting for the next bad thing to happen and, and kind of this relentless anxiety. And the research says that there are simple ways, and HeartMath uncovered a very powerful one called heart rate variability, enabling us to regulate how our, our system is actually responding day to day. And, and creating a new internal state. So yeah, there's all kinds of craziness is still gonna happen, but we're not as thrown by it. We're not so off kilter or constantly in fear what's the next terrible thing that's about to befall me. So at the heart, it's self-regulation. It's learning how to manage that stress response, even prevent it before it gets going through uh, things that we HeartMeth has learned about the breath, learned about how the heart Uh, is affected dramatically by our changing emotional state, how the impact in the heart is fed to every cell in our body. Think frustration for a moment. Think Mm -hmm. the last time you were really frustrated. Our research says every human in a state of frustration, high anxiety, what their heart rhythm looks like, the pattern of their heart looks like an earthquake, which means (laughs) every cell in their body is receiving this kind of very chaotic drumbeat. And if you think about yourself, when you are frustrated, that's not the time you tend to have the highest of IQs. Right. <laughs> You're sometimes like, wait a minute, I'm sure I'm a triple digit IQ, but that last decision, that last thing I just said, that might've been single digits. That was like the stupidest thing I possibly could have. So frustration makes us stupid as a one little quick example. So HeartMath learned that if you can learn how to self-regulate, and not buy into the frustration through slowing down your, bre- your breath, through tr- trying to calm down these turbulent emotions th- initially through the breath, and then learn how to engage more positive emotions. Like, well, what could you be appreciative for at this moment? <laughs> what could mm-hmm. you be, what are you truly grateful for in your life? What about this person is wonderful, not just awful. That the ability to change emotions is another part of self-regulation that is really essential. Because so many of us, especially in these last several years, uh, and I'm highlighting the pandemic era, especially, but it's not only because of the pandemic, we've been living in the stress state a lot. We've been mm-hmm. kind of stuck there, not self-regulating. Our attempt to self-regulate self-regulate, might be an extra glass of wine, or maybe doing some retail therapy, or none of which are inherently bad, but we're not really regulating our system and pr- preparing ourselves to get better and better in the midst of... Um, so much that's outside of our control. So self-regulation is key. So heart math has a, a set of techniques. They all involve the breath. They all involve slowing down the breath. They also involve learning how to engage a positive feeling like appreciation. And the more you do these things, the more your system has started to balance itself because you're putting it in a more balanced state. We call it coherent coherence. Uh, And the more that becomes a default mechanism instead of the default mechanism being, I'm going to, I got to get ready for the next fight because they're out to get me and the company hates me and the boss doesn't appreciate me and the spouse, well, whatever about her or him, whatever. (laughs) So that's, that's, that's a lot of it.
0: So it's really, and then the tools that you have that you said that there's like the app that you can. That you use as well. That helps you to visually be able to see how your how your heart is responding.
1: Yes. So if you if you go back to that visual I mentioned a moment ago, the uh, imagine what an earthquake looks like. If you've ever seen a, a TV thing where they show out in California, yes, you know, four point five, well, and they show you this very jagged, disordered looking pattern. That's what every human being's heart looks like when you're angry, frustrated, fearful, and anxious. It looks chaotic. What HeartMath figured out 30 years ago, maybe 31 years ago now, was that if you can self-regulate, slow down, and get in a more positive state, the pattern, instead of looking like chaotic jumble, looks like a beautiful sine wave. Mm. And it looks like it's, it's smooth, it's efficient, it's ordered. So that your body is then receiving all of that simply by slowing down the breath and trying to focus on something positive in your life. And that's the secret.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about heart math. But for people who want to learn more about Bruce and the work he does, visit BruceCryer.com. And that's Bruce, C-R-Y-E-R.com. To learn more about the Aset Yoga Center, visit AsetYogaCenter.com. A-S-E-T Yoga Center.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're welcoming back to our studio, Bruce Cryer, founder of Renaissance Human and the former CEO of HeartMath, as well as Reagan Carruthers, founder of the Asset Yoga Center. So Reagan, I wanna start with you this time and ask because you have so much work that you do around stress reduction and emotional regulation, what makes HeartMath different in your view than other techniques that you'd use to reduce stress or help you to regulate emotions?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So there's so many things I can say in response. I mean, I I think the thing that makes it the most effective out of, you know, the pack is that when you're utilizing a technique for stress mitigation or to just bring yourself into greater emotional balance because there's something, you know, there's a triggering event of some kind. You can call upon a heart math tool and nobody knows you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, eyes open, I can literally shift my focus to my heart. I can change my breath and I can access a positive emotion. Well, nobody knows that I'm doing that, whereas so many of the other techniques uh, that you would call upon aren't that subtle, right? I mean, I can't do child's pose in the middle of a <laughs> board meeting that that isn't going well, right? Or take dramatic, deep breaths that are audible, right? People will be like, what the hell's the matter with you? Um, so that, I think, makes it really uh profound. Also the body of, of, of research, right? Mm-hmm. So that when you are utilizing a heart math technique, you can really have assurance <laughs> that it is doing as it is doing, you know, <laughs> that there is a absolute physiological, um, event that's accompanying the shift that you're facilitating with with the heartmath system and then to be able to see that privately you know not in a meeting <laughs> you can't like look on your phone well maybe you could people are looking on their phones a lot but anyway you can get immediate feedback too which is incredible and lastly i think what makes it such a unique system is how easy it is to learn i mean you have to be you have to practice you have to be disciplined But I've taught heart math, you know, to Mm three-year-olds as well as to CEOs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the accessibility of the tool set, I think, is also incredibly powerful.
0: Bruce, one thing that Reagan said is it's, you know, shifting from your head into your heart. So talk about that a little bit. Why is that so important when you're talking about if you're under a lot of stress and shifting that process from your head to your heart?
1: I think there's two, two dimensions to that to answer that candy number one the head is an incredibly important tool in our lives we could not balance our checkbook that 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 thought may send shudders of fear through people <laughs> oh my god when was the last time i balanced my checkbook uh, we can't navigate uh, down to get downtown we can't analyze data in a business that we we may run so the mind and its ability to analyze and organize and logistify and, and all the things that the mind's good at is essential But if we try to live every dimension of our life from the mind, forgetting we have this whole other dimension called the heart, which is where we feel and how we love and how we connect to other people. We're not connecting with other people through analysis, Mm -hmm. unless it's other robots that only function at that frequency range. (laughs) So we connect through the heart. And so being able to add the heart to life is is a core tenet of heart math, they use the phrase add heart, that you, you're bringing the heart into things instead of love, living life solely from the mind, which so many people do, partly because of fear and anxiety and everything else running around in their mind all the time. So, shifting to the heart means literally in the heart math context, shifting our attention, focusing intentionally in the area around our heart. And all the heart math tools are designed to do that: shift the attention here away from the the thoughts that are whirring and spinning like a hamster wheel inside our mind, up in the in the head area. Instead, bringing the attention down to the heart. Then that can start to, as it grows, and you practice it. To uh, Reagan's point, this is something that does require practice. It's a self rewarding practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel good every time you practice, pretty much. It may not be Valhalla every time, but you feel better from practicing. So it's there's a reward built in to just the practice itself. So that becomes then a new sort of state of being where you're communicating more from your heart more of the time when you're speaking, when you're in conversation with someone else, just when you're by yourself and you're able to listen to your heart's wisdom. Whereas when you're only in your mind, you're you're rejecting those thoughts, you're rejecting the whispers from your own heart, from your own intuition.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I find so interesting about it is we've heard for decades. um, And even in coaching, we hear, you know, your thoughts become your emotions, your emotions become your actions. And uh, there's been how many books written on the topic of change your thoughts, change your life. But it's also something that's extremely hard to do because when you, if you start thinking about what you're thinking about and you're angry, <laughs> angry about it, and you're trying to shift that thought pattern in the moment that you're doing it, you're still you're not addressing the emotion part of it, right? You're not addressing what's happening in your heart. And so what you're saying is, you know, instead of trying to shift and think positive thoughts and da da da, shift down into the heart and let's change the emotion around it. That way you change the action that you would be taking. So instead of, you know, preferably instead of lashing out at your coworker, you're able to have a more productive response to what is happening.
1: Exactly. And uh, one of the ways I've always looked at this is that positive thinking is fantastic until the next tsunami of unmanaged emotion overwhelms it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that poor little positive thought that you just had has now been swamped. Right. The wave of fear or the wave of anxiety that's overtaken you. And that's not just a matter of, oh, I need to think more positively right now. Think more positively. And heart meth. I think this <laughs> part of the secret of heart myth is it's, it's in your body, guys. It's not just a mental process to solve that. So you've got right. to release some of that stress that's going on inside, shift it through the power of positive emotion and the breath. In order to change the state, which allows the new thoughts to happen that can be sustained instead of the old thoughts being overwhelmed by the unmanaged emotions that we're not bad for having, by the way, Mm -hmm. join the human race. I mean, most people are walking around with unmanaged emotions because who taught them? Reagan (laughs) was one of the few people that had some grounding in that starting very young. She's so fortunate.
0: So let me ask you this, Bruce, and then I'm going to ask Reagan when we come back about about her experience as well. But when it comes to to working with people with heart math, what uh, give us an example of how this has played out in somebody's personal life? Like how has it impacted impacted them in the in their personal life?
1: Boy, so many examples. It's interesting. The first one that came to mind was this 21-year-old soccer player from Germany. He he came to the United States on a full scholarship to play soccer at Division I school. And four months after he got here, COVID started. Mm. And so suddenly his soccer season was pretty much wiped out. He didn't know if he could get back to his home country in Germany. The amount of anxiety that he was experiencing, he was unfamiliar to the U.S., number one. Number two... (laughs) covid was ruining the reason he was in the u.s number three didn't know when he could get back if he could get back all oh, this yes. anxiety and this went on for months so we had we had a year of coaching together and every week it was about learning the the, the core heart math technique bring the attention to the heart learn how to breathe slowly through the heart focus on the things that you love focus on victoria his girlfriend focus on how much you love your parents focus on it's going to get okay it's going to be okay and what he noticed what he kept noticing was even though it was crazy and so much was outside his control he was able to make peace with it more and more and more the amazing ending to the story is last season that team which had played 6 matches out of 25 his first year second year they weren't even in the in the playoffs for the SEC as far as the as the team they won the national championship as the soccer team in 2022 so this oh, kid right. who came and was in so much chaos and he wasn't the only one that was struggling <laughs> on the right. team. They all were, but he became a rock in the team and to, to realize when, when they won the entire championship of the, of the, of the, of the country, it's was like, wow. And, uh, I just talked to him recently. It's a, it was a, it's a, it's a marvelous story. So the, the, the impact we can have, not only for our own life, but on in, how we impact others when we learn how to, manage these natural feelings all the mm-hmm. ones that he had as an 18 and 19 year old all that was legit I never ma- made him feel wrong for any of this bad stuff he was feeling <laughs> Said, right. Man, I don't know how you're dealing with this dude but let's keep talking you know to make feel people feel normal <laughs> but then to give them a, a way to stabilize balance it out is game-changing for a lot of people
0: and I can't even imagine, I mean, to be away from home, probably for the first time in your life in a completely different country, to not have a team around you for support, to be exactly. pretty much quarantined and not being able to do anything, exactly. that had to be so just scary and and unnerving. Um, exactly. But also, I mean, how remarkable is it for him that at age 21, he has these tools? Exactly. You know? That he learned these tools that young. And man, I wish I would have learned them that young. Because unlike Thank Reagan, you. I didn't get to go to a school like that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about heart math. But for people who want to learn more about Bruce and the work he does, visit brucecryer.com. And that's bruce, C-R-Y-E-R.com. To learn more about Reagan and the work she does, visit the Aset Yoga Center at asset. A S E T Yogacenter.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit Natural Twin Cities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on AM nine fifty radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations. I'm your host, Candy Braffle, and today we are visiting with Bruce Cryer, founder of Renaissance Human and the former CEO of HeartMath, as well as Reagan Carruthers, founder of the Asset Yoga Center. So just before the break, you guys have given us a really good idea about what HeartMath is, how it's used, and Bruce, you shared a really great story about how it was used with an individual. Reagan, I'm interested in learning your experience in using HeartMath with maybe a leadership team or with an organization and how that has impacted the work that they do.
2: Yeah, sure. So this client of mine was an education company. They provided intensive skills training for software coding. It was a boot camp company. And the CEO was a longstanding client of mine. He and I had worked together when I worked at McGraw-Hill, the publishing company. And so we had this trusted relationship that had developed over many years. And in this instance, I continued to coach him as well as all of his direct reports. And what I told him was that in the feedback that I receive, right, people are going to learn these tools, and then they're going to be able to articulate to me, I believe, quite coherently, what they're what they're challenged by, right? Not, not just personally, but organizationally. And so my agreement with the CEO was that needs to be a sacred process and a confidential process, right? But what I will do is look for patterns. And so yes. if everyone is giving feedback that you're not a good communicator, let's say, as an example, then there's some adjustments to make, right? And so I rolled up through this six-month engagement to the CEO what my sense was of the changes that needed to happen both to business process as well as to his particular style of leadership. From that final report, there was a major restructuring. Mm-hmm. people put in more aligned roles because it was a startup, right? There, so there, you have a lot of flexibility. A lot of people are doing a lot of different things, right? So there was greater alignment than with the team in terms of role. And then they were using holacracy, which is a very complex way of managing an organization. And so there needed to be some changes to how that particular system of management was being implemented. Um, and yeah, and that that restructuring and reorganization went went very well. And I don't think he would have had the insight because prior to that coaching, you know, he wasn't getting coherent feedback from his team, mm-hmm. right? To Bruce's point, when you're in a stress response chronically, everything's a problem, right? right. You don't have right. discretion around what truly is a priority because everything feels urgent because Mm -hmm. that's what your physiology is telling you. And then there is also something when you're communicating and working with people and you have a common tool set like the heart math system and you're using it in real time together, right? The intelligence that is then available Mm -hmm. is much different. And and that reminds me too, I'll, gi- I'll give you one more example because I think it's pretty cool. I was working with a major health system in St. Louis and I was working with their HR team and they wanted to create a new rewards and recognition program. Mm-hmm. And the shift in what they thought was important to provide employees after they started using HeartMath, I mean, it was like a completely different program.
0: That is awesome. So you guys have, uh, you guys both work with executive teams. So you both coach executives, you both work with organizations to help them, and you utilize the heart math uh, techniques with your clients as well. So Bruce, tell us a little bit about the work that you do in this. Do you travel to organizations or do you meet generally online? How do how do you work with people?
1: Sure. The answer is yes to travel. It wasn't a yes for three years <laughs> for most of us, <laughs> but that has changed. Um, I've got a new client that we'll be doing some work for in Europe with an executive team of a global medical device company where the leadership realizes the amount of pressure they're under as a healthcare company mm. coming out of COVID is massive. The company's doing well, but he knows the leader recognizes his people need tools to manage themselves better because it's not going to get easier. Right. In, in the work itself, in the market itself. So I'll be going over there uh, in, in the next couple of months. Um, we're starting up some work in, in the Middle East, uh, in the UAE, uh, meaning Dubai, Abu Dhabi area. I have partners that we're working together to work specifically in the executive uh, level of corporations, healthcare systems, et cetera. So I'm, I, I'd love to give sort of intensive trainings in HeartMath virtually through Zoom. Yes. I'm, doing one, I'm doing one right now with an executive in Abu Dhabi. And we get on the phone and we do a deep dive in heart math and the science and the techniques and how to incorporate this into their life. But beyond that, it's fun to for me to work with the the, the team. The leadership team, as well as the, the individual, because the team dynamics can be dramatically improved through HeartMath. There's a, a language of accepting we are stressed out people. It's okay to admit that yes. the whole world is. It's, it, it is not smart anymore to try to hide that. We, we're strength in numbers. We're in this together. You know, those kind of feelings. Are part of what it makes it very valuable for a team to experience. This is a set of tools that's non-denominational and non-judgmental. So why would we? And 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 has tons of evidence of around this efficacy. Yeah, uh, I had the privilege of doing a lot of work in 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 Europe with major teams of, of major oil companies, consumer products companies like Unilever, Shell. We did an article for Harvard Business Review back twenty years ago around the effectiveness for a specific leader of one of these oil companies whose performance was suffering, whose stress. And health was really in the in the toilet, and whose marriage was not doing great. And through learning the heart math tools, his ability to manage the stress improved. His ability to listen to his team, understand their issues, improved. Mm. His health started to improve, and he was better at home as a dad and as a father and as a husband. And so, those are the kinds of benefits that are very fulfilling to see because people are realizing I have the power to do things more than I thought. I don't have yeah. to walk around like a victim, even though I didn't want to believe I wasn't acting like a victim. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that can be in charge of my life.
0: Yeah. So I do want to reiterate that for people who are listening to this show, if you have a team, reach out to Reagan and Bruce and see if this is something that would work for your team as well, because this is just something that's very effective. And I think gives you that shared language and a shared technique that you can all use to help reduce that stress. But now you guys also have an event coming up in October. You kind of alluded to it earlier in the in the podcast here. And you talked about that you have an event coming up in October at Reagan Center. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, sure. So October 7th and 8th, if you are um, coming, you know, from the center, St Louis metropolitan area, that's just a forty five minute drive uh, to the center. If you're coming from Minneapolis, you're going to fly into the St. Louis airport. I don't know. we haven't quite worked out transportation details um I think we might be able to provide some help for people to to get here. That being said, it's two full days beginning late morning, ending in the late afternoon where you learn the science of heart math, you learn. Um, all of of the techniques and most importantly I think you learn from from Bruce all the ways to apply it mm-hmm. right because the heart is central to your being you know when, when people want to identify themselves or, or or talk about what's important to them you know you you just nonverbally you you go like this right you 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 Connect with your chest. (laughs) We know that intuitively that that's where we are, right? And so, as you develop more intimacy with your heart, um, not only do you feel better, you perform better, you connect better. And those two days are designed um, to help you learn just how to do that. I'll be providing uh, organic snacks and an organic lunch, lots of yummy teas and coffees and beverages throughout the day. And it's just a lovely, Setting. There's ten acres here. We'll be spending some time outside. There's a beautiful limestone sanctuary uh, where we will also connect in the heart. And then the center itself is—it's—it's it's really a very peaceful, beautiful space. And I think people will be forever changed if they commit to those two days.
0: Great. So, Bruce, we have a couple of minutes left. Tell me what you're most excited about with this—with this event coming up in October. Because you're going to be there doing some of the teaching, is doing kind of leading the teaching. You and Reagan working together, but what are you most excited
1: about? Most excited, I have to say, there's several things. I don't know which is is the highest. So working with Reagan again is uh, is definitely very high on the list. Uh, we're longtime friends, and this is a, a a dream to get a chance to to work with her again. Um, I'm excited to just do a two day event that's live again, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it's been quite a few years since I've led a two-day retreat. And I did I did them for years, for 20 years. I did that often. And then life changed and COVID happened and all that went away. So the ap- opportunity to work in depth with people and have the time of, of the break when you're having the tea or the coffee or the organic snack and the little side conversations that can happen. Yeah. And let alone it in the evening. And, you know, so the spaciousness when Zoom and and TikTok and and the life we lead now is these tiny little increments, so not have that boundary is going to be great. So uh, and and to get to meet people in that part of the world, I've not spent that much time in in that part of the U.S. So I think that'll be a, a joy to experience this beautiful property and and Reagan Center and and the people that are attracted to the, to be with us.
0: Well, thank you both for being with us today. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And I just want to encourage people, if you are interested in learning more about the work that Bruce does, visit BruceCryer.com. And that's Bruce, C-R-Y-E-R.com. To learn more about the Aset Yoga Center, the work that Reagan does, and to register for the upcoming event in October, visit AsetYogaCenter.com. And that's A-S-E-T-YogaCenter.com. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day.